<laughs> yeah. Okay. Not Genesis 15. Exodus 15. Wow. That's that's like a habit thing. We've been doing Exodus for how long? I'm still talking about Genesis. Uh, Exodus 15, 22 through 27. So, what, just just help me out here. What what um, what had just happened? What did we talk about last week? Was going on? They first psalm. First psalm based on what? The Lord Are you? The, Egyptians. the Lord delivering them from the Egyptians in what way? Parting the Red Sea. Sea is what? It, what, what is a sea? Hello. Well, in this, in this instance, it was kind of congealed. But, but, but what is it? Water. Keep that in mind. All right. They're coming off this amazing spiritual high. They're, they're, they've seen these incredible parting the Red Sea, the congealed water. You know, God's blast of his nose with gelatin. or, or I, Something happened. They changed the thing in the water. Everybody's singing and dancing and acting very charismatic. It's crazy. It's like a, you know. Including a 92-year-old woman. Right. And, and with, the, with, the, with the hand drum thing going on. I mean, if you have drums, I'm just telling you, I'm warning you, that's going to happen. It's just going to happen. All right, so they're doing this. They're dancing in the desert. Um, and, 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 and it's like, yay! It's like immediately after, it's yay! And then, okay, I guess, now what? Now what happens? After the spiritual high, after the great experience, what happens? Look at verse 22. <clears throat> then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not... Tamara, sorry. When they came to Marah, or Tamara... They could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water, and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Now what? What happens? Do you find it interesting that the thing starts out with, then Moses made Israel set out? What, what, the language literally says Moses caused Israel to set out. Caused them. He was the. What's the point? That what? Was it because he was trying to get them to? They were so into the praise, or was it because they were apprehensive to go? Good question. Good question. Yeah, we can take Egypt for ourselves. Um, good morning. Why, why would it not say Moses and the people set out toward whatever? What do you think is going on there? What do you, great spiritual high, we're delivered, yay. <laughs> Let's plant tents here. 
Um, isn't it true that sometimes after a spiritual high, we just kind of want to stay there and see if it'll happen again? Can you part the water again? Maybe we can get fish. You know, I, what what is it about us that makes us want to stay there? Unbelief, right? Yeah. I'm and doubtful. It's crazy because you said they're you know, on the mountain high or the right. mountain high or whatever. And it can be more real. You have all the proof you need right there. But I know, okay, when I come down from here, go on. I don't know how long I'm going to I don't like real life. Right, yeah. I don't like reality. Yeah. Not that that isn't reality, but <clears throat> it's not. I, I want to be up here where I know that I can see cool things. <laughs> I won't have that experience. It's... Happy feeling gone, you know. Um, more often than not, the grace of God, though, is followed by a testing by God, right? We... Morning, come on in. We have some seats. So Moses has to make them leave. They're not where... The, 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 the Red Sea experience is not the end-all, be-all of where they're supposed to be. God's moving them to a place, right? They're not where they're destined to be, but they want to camp out here because this is familiar and happy and we know that this is where, you know, where we saw God. Um, so Moses has to force them to go out. I just find that very interesting, the way the language reads there. Now they go to this wilderness, it's called, sure, um, it literally means the wall in Hebrew, and so the smart folks tell us that... Um, that they think that it denotes a wall of fortresses that were set up by the Egyptians to keep out the Asiatics. You kind of think of the maybe the Great Wall of China kind of idea there. But um, anyway, so they go three days out into the wilderness through this fortress area. Maybe what what happens? Kind of a big deal, isn't it? Middle of nowhere, two million people. And it doesn't say they ran out of water, does it? I mean, I don't remember seeing that. And they found no water. Does it say that they didn't have any stores of water? I mean, kind of the idea of just the mere prospect of not being able to replenish what you have freaks them out. They're three days out, and they found no water. What happens? Do they come somewhere that's kind of interesting? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. They come tomorrow. Or Tamara, I guess. Um, they come to this place of, it looks like it might have something that's helpful, but when they get there, what's the problem? It's bitter. Mara actually means bitter. You probably have a textual note in your Bible that that's, that's what it means. In fact, uh, those of you who did the Ruth study with Tammy a while back remember that change my name to Tamara, which means bitterness. I'm sorry, did I say Tammy? No, that was Naomi. Naomi said. Naomi? Uh, the bitterness here, though, may indicate it's poisonous. At the very least, you can't drink it. Here's a question. Did they cause the water to be bitter by their actions? 
mean, is this because of something that they did? Are they responsible for the water being bitter? Got, you know, you know consequence of their sin. He made the water bitter. Is that, is that what we're seeing here? This is a natural thing, a natural consequence in the order of creation that this water is bitter. This is an intentional testing by God, right? Of them. Spiritual high, come down from the mountain, go through the wilderness, and the first thing you run upon is bitterness. Bitter water. And what's the test here? Are they going to trust him? Yes, sir. Question. Mo- God has told Moses, uh, here's the path through these cities, you know, all the way to Canaan. Do you think that, that the people know that, or are the people blinded? I mean, I'm curious if Moses has, like, art- articulated, here's what God has told me, and here's the plan, or are these people just kind of like, ah, we're out of Egypt? Meh. Well, they sang about it, right? So they, you know, they sang about the Philistia, the Philistine, Philistine, and they they went to Moab and then Amorite and then Canaan. So they kind of know the general path. But remember, Moses spent 40 years in the desert in this area. So he knows it well. So they're trusting his understanding of the land. But also, Moses is hearing from God where to go. So there's, so who do they blame for this bitter water? Yeah, go ahead. Based on this, I don't know, but I do know later on it talks about that throughout the entire wilderness experience they were that they had the pillar of cloud pillar. Still there, still an indication that he is guiding them. Um. So, so what do they do? What's the response to this? They grumble. They murmur. What? Um, because we don't do that. It's just how silly that is. What do they do? Who do they grumble against? Who do they murmur against? You find the easiest guy to blame. You're not going to gripe to the cloud. It might have lightning. <laughs> you gripe at Moses. Right. Have you seen his staff? You might want to think twice about that. Um, he's the easiest guy to blame. And the, this is the first time that the verb grumble or murmur appears in the Old Testament. And I will tell you, it is not the last. It generally, in every, well, in every instance that it's used, it indicates a rebellious attitude of Israel against its leadership, against those called to, to lead them and their authority. Um, here's the thing. Are they responsible for their response? Isn't that a great question? Are they responsible for their response? They didn't cause the water to be bitter. You like the... Thank you. I appreciate the smile. Uh, they didn't cause the water to be bitter, but they, but they did engage in the bitterness of their own hearts, right? I mean, their response was one that seems to reflect the water. It's poison that they're putting out there. This is not just, gosh, I'm really thirsty. I really need... 
This is, you let us out here to die. It's your fault that we're here. Later on, this gets really intense, and we'll see that they want to stone Moses, um, but, but not here at this point. This is the first indication of this incipient, this resident, this thing that's in them that, that, uh, that causes them or that they engage in this rebellion. What is ironic about complaining that the water is not what you want it to be? Okay, why? Because God delivered them twice. In what way? By changing the how the water. By works. changing the water. <laughs> <laughs> this is three days ago. <laughs> he changed the water. Oh no, it's bitter. What are we gonna do? There was a there was a client. There was a person I knew a long time ago, like none of you know her, uh, that anytime something would happen, I swear it was like listening to a hen. It was, uh, I don't know, I guess we're going to do, do, you know, it's the whole thing. It's like laying an egg. Anytime there was a problem. Here we have, and none of you know her, um, that person. Um, anyway, so there, we have a chicken in the, in the pen that sneezes. <laughs> I was sitting there in the, in the pen the other day, and the girls are doing the goats, and I'm feeding the chickens, and I hear this, <laughs> What in the world? It has nothing to do with our lesson. Anyway, um, so God, God had just altered the very nature of water for their deliverance, and they're standing in front of some water that needs changing again, and it's like, oh, he can't do He just parted the water, you know, this thing, and turned it to gelatin. It's a, it's a thing, and it's just a little, it's it's... What is the deal? Why would they do this? Is it that bad? Are we really that ridiculously blinded to the power of God to change things? They didn't uh, go to him as they did three days ago. They called him my God, God my Father, mm-hmm. and praise you, my God. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, Moses, what's going on? What is this man? Fix it. Right. It's your fault, Moses. That's the whole thing. It's your fault. They 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 murmured against Moses. So so what 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 would okay, let's put on a let's put on a if we were God hat. What would you do? Well, yeah. Um, it's interesting to watch this dynamic progress throughout Exodus and how God's testing of them in- increases and his displeasure with them increases through this. And, 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 the, and the things that he says to Moses about, hmm, hmm, you know, I could do this. I could just ground swat them all and start with you. I mean, I'd still be faithful to my promise to Abraham because, you know, you're an Israelite. We could go from there. Watch as we go on through this, the pastoral heart of Moses. It's an incredible 
testament to what um, to what uh, someone who is called to to shepherd and to be a um, a pastor to people should have test everything against Moses except for the striking of the rock everything else is okay but he he really it's an, when it says he was the most humble man on the earth you see that here what does he do what happens next verse 25 He cried to the Lord. People went to Moses. Moses goes to God. He doesn't go back on them. Shows him a log. It literally, the the verb there means he teaches and instructs Moses on how to change the nature of the water. God, God, pastorally, teaches Moses to be pastoral and his handling of this sin. He points him to a tree. A sweet gum tree. Nice. Now we're in Oompa Loompa land. He points him to a log. And what does he do with the log? Puts it in the water. And what happens? Because of the placing of this log in the water, the character, the nature, turns from poison, or at least bitter, to sweet. What's the lesson here? What is he teaching them? Okay. Why? Okay. All right. I mean, the analogy is that the human heart is bitter. The human okay. heart is sinful and beyond repair, but with the log, it's placed in there, it changes the nature. The nature of the water was uh, undrinkable. It was too poisoned mm-hmm. to be of any use to anybody. Mm-hmm. But then God miraculously changes the nature of the water mm-hmm. and makes it a new creation so that it actually benefits the people around it. There's two things going on here. Number one, yes. Number one, that it, he shows them that they are totally dependent upon him for their survival. The, you don't have water without God doing this. Right? Completely dependent upon him. That's a good place to be. That's where you want to be. Totally dependent upon God for their survival. They need his guidance, they need his aid, and apart from that, they die. And so what is his what is his uh, his guide and his aid? Uh, he gives them a law. Doesn't he? Law. A law. <laughs> Look at the um, look at look at verse twenty six. Uh, start back in twenty five. Says there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and he tested, and there he tested them, saying, "Good morning. If if you will diligently." Listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes 
and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord. What? Your healer. What's the picture? Well, there's that. There's the water is what? Let's let's talk about it again. You said it was okay, but but what are some characteristics about the water that we see? It's bitter, which leads to what? It's 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 dead. Very good. Or death. We'll just say dead. It is not useful. Could we say worthless? Why would we think that it's poisonous? I I don't know that it's uh, it's still working. I love that. No, because I was thinking it's bitter, but they probably could have still drank it, and it would have been well. There enough. The indication again. I'm not certain it's poisonous. And I wonder. I think it could even show that God's more loving, but that uh, they just think it's bitter and they don't want to drink it. Yeah. God could have just been like, oh, I mean, drink it. You know. It's yeah. Water. Yeah, uh, he's he's loving that he makes it sweet to them. It's good for him by giving them a law, which his laws are sweet, which is great. Like honey. When I think of bitter, I think of something you can't swallow. Yeah, like like Bucky goat milk. But, but like back in the day when they had to pump the water out of the well and put it through that the, the cold filter or whatever mm-hmm. you call it, and it comes through and it's just bitter. I mean, mm-hmm. it's terrible to drink, but you still drink it because you need water. Yeah. And I'm getting this. Some of the guys that have studied this have, have have indicated, not everybody, but some have indicated that maybe there's some kind of sulfur thing going on with the water. Yeah. And that would be we do that in our lives. poisonous. Sometimes, like up here in our life, it's bitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do this. I mean, right. God could just be like, yeah, you know, just do it. Tough. You know, it's bitter. Yeah. So what, it God goes Nike on us. He, he makes it sweet to us. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Maybe, but okay. We'll put we'll put that. I will agree that we can we can debate over whether or not it's poisonous. But at least we get bitter and worthless. If you're not going to drink it, it's not. Uh, what else about it? Can we? That's its natural state. That's its natural state. Listen to that, Calvinist. Natural state. Yes, that's what that is. The bitter liquid. It's not ice. They had nothing to do to make this like this, right? They, the Israelites did nothing. They came upon this that they needed, and they found it bitter, possibly deadly, dead, worthless, and that's its natural state. Okay. This is corrupted by something. But that's the state they find it in. Right. Okay. Which I would say it's a natural state. It's an unnatural but natural state. It ain't natural, but that's the way it is. Natural but not ultimate. Natural but not ultimate. There you go. How do they know it's bitter? The camel killed over. Then it's in the textual notes. Um, they somehow they were able to either they smelled it, which may I think leads people to think that it was sulfur based kind of thing, um, or or maybe you know somebody tasted it and like, ding. 
Well, I mean, it is named Mara. <laughs> tomorrow. We'll drink it tomorrow. Um, so, what does it say in the law? There's this parallelism thing going on here. All of this, all of these things, he says, um, if you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, you see how it builds? It's a building thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. It's a whole, it's just building thing. Then I will put another disease on you that I put on the Egyptians. What's that? That's judgment. Right? I'm not going to do this if you trust me and obey. Because there's no other way but to be... Okay, sorry. Trust him. This is what it looks like. For I am the Lord. Why would he need to heal them if they're going to do all these things anyway? Why would he heal them? Why would he say, I'm not going to put these diseases on you if you obey me because I'm your healer? Why would he need to heal them if he's not going to put these diseases on them and they're going to obey? They're not going to obey. Why? Because they're bitter. Well, yes. We, I make the argument from Ephesians that the water's dead. In this case, they're mostly dead. Not mostly? Yeah. They're just sick. They're worthless. The Romans 3, Psalm 10-something or other. They're worthless. And that's their natural state. By nature, children of wrath. That's the analogy you're making. It's definitely dead water. door. <laughs> All right, so this changing of the water from bitter to sweet is meant to be a physical symbol of a spiritual reality that Yahweh is the healer of his people. They're not going to obey. Good grief. Three days later, they're bitter. And every time, they're bitter. Three days later, this is their neutral. This is their neutral. So what does he do after this picture? What happens? What does he do? God in his grace does something for them. Verse 27. Where does he take them? To the land of milk and honey. Yes, ultimately yes. But an oasis. And what, water and what? And palm trees. And palm trees. What's the significance of saying that there's 70 palm trees? Shade is good. Water and what else? You got vegetation? Coconuts. And I think I think with the twigs and stuff you can make straws. Um, so you have you have water and, and the indication is food in this place that he brings them in the middle of the desert after they've just rebelled against him and he showed himself to be their healer. All right. There's plenty of food, plenty of water, but again, they can't stay there. They can't stay there. This is just a campground. This is a place of re- refreshment. It's not a place, it's, it's not crossing the Jordan, right? Yeah? 
Um, the second question that we ask in the one one study is what questions do you have? I'm curious why he lists 70 palm trees. Did they count them? I mean, what's the significance of 70? <clears throat> Are we supposed to get into numerology? Well, the seven's a perfect number, and 10, that's the number of... Right, it's seven times complete. It's complete. That's what that is. I don't know. Right, twelve. Yeah, you got the apostles and the twelve tribes of Israel with this. I don't know. The point is, there's a bunch of food and a bunch of water. Okay. I think I think that's what it is. And and seventy may be a rounded number. Aha! Uh-huh. If you divide seventy by twelve, each pool had. 5.833333333 And and somehow made the connection with Obama. It's amazing. I don't know. Okay. I'm starting I'm starting to get woozy. Um, just look at the miracle itself. Is this not a picture of the gospel? Always a good answer in Sunday school. Jesus. The, there we are. It's a gospel picture. By means of the tree. You just said yes. I'm sorry. I just assumed. Yes is always a good answer in Sunday school too. Not really. Not always. By means of the tree, he turns what is bitter, worthless, possibly something causing death, into something sweet desirable, and something that imparts life and refreshment. Um, sometimes things arise that are not, that are bitter, but they're, but they're not through our own fault. I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes, I would argue, God puts us in places that are bitter, that are not our fault, but are attesting to us. Um, it's just there and you have to deal with it. How are you going to deal with it? Moses' fault. Always, always blame Moses because you know he's dead anyway. And how, how are you going to deal with it? Uh, sometimes, and, and this is more often than not for me, we deal with consequences of our own sin, and they're bitter. Right? How will you respond to that? The Lord disciplines the one He loves. Do we trust that He loves us when He disciplines us? Any thoughts on that? Have you found this to be true? Have, 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 have you seen that he's your healer? When your heart is bitter. And it gets bitter. Well, it get bitter. Is he your healer? There's a, there's a passage in, uh, well, there's, yeah, in, in Isaiah 38. And and Carlos will like the way it begins. Behold! Behold! It was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love, you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. What, is, what does all mean there? That, every, it, does that include the sin that may have led to the bitter situation? 
does that also include the sin of our response to the bitter situation? By means of the tree, He heals us. Right? And we can trust Him. Right? Do we trust Him? Um, the tree is not made bitter. The tree makes the bitter sweet. Taking our sin to Christ does not make Him uh, worthless. He takes what is worthless and makes it worthy because of who He is, because of what He's done. He heals us. Do we trust Him? Um, okay, so now I agree that the water was worthless and you couldn't drink it. But he didn't just make it drinkable, he made it sweet. Yeah. So here's the challenge. Are we sweet? Are we refreshing? Do we, are we vehicles, a means of imparting life to others? I pray, I pray, I pray that we are. Pray that 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 we are conscious of of that to be um, a means of life and to be a means of sweetness and not bitterness. Yes, I think it's amazing um, looking into God's character through this because how many times have we seen in the Book of Exodus how they have not trusted and He's proved Himself faithful mm-hmm. and continues. He doesn't slam them. He doesn't kill them. He doesn't give them up mm-hmm. as I would. Yeah. I'd get tired of these jokers for not trusting, even though I've, you know. Yeah. But he <clears throat> he gives them another out. And like Ty said, he didn't just make the water drinkable. He made it sweet. Mm-hmm. That speak to, speaks to God's character. That he's overabundant. He, overabundant. How mm-hmm. much he actually cares for these people. Right. That's who he is. Yeah. I was just saying, they, kinda, they worship the same when... They kill, he killed the Egyptians. Right. And then they're about to die. They don't have any water. Right. He turns the water for them. You don't see any songs after this, do you? <laughs> I mean, Miriam doesn't pull out the tambourine and go, sweet water, sweet water. You know, it doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. There's no song. There's no hymn to God that he's their healer. There's a hymn that he's their warrior. She's recovering. She's recovering. <laughs> I've been having a visit from Arthur Rattus. Um, there is a... I don't, I don't know what the response is even after this. I don't know how they respond here. Um, it shows how short-sighted they are that um, after they conquered some trial or God did it for them, uh, by going to the Red Sea, they're all about worshiping and praising Him. But then when they come up to this next little conflict, it's just completely forget about it. Right. I mean, you think that would at least be a second verse in their song, or a fourth verse, I guess. Yeah. We had three last time. And if they would have just gone back and focused on the characters God addressed one out instead of focusing on their characteristic, mm-hmm. I mean, their uh, situation. Their situation, yeah. Then uh, they would have not been so troubled. Now, is it wrong to say, God, I'm thirsty? Is that complaining? Uh, that's a good point because here they didn't even do that. They no. just start complaining. You ask God about it, like Stephen said. Yeah. You're stating something that God 
you know, I have a need, I'm mm -hmm. thirsty. You're not saying, God, why did you bring me here? There's no water to drink. Right. That's different than saying, God. Or, or even worse, by our, by our attitude and our action, we're saying, God, you're not good. Yeah. Yeah. Bitterness of the water? Yes. I live in Cherokee County, yes. They may not have even been thirsty. Yeah. Just complaining about the, the water not being perfect to their liking. Mm. It wasn't tetley tea. They, they did go three days through the desert. I deserve sweet water. I deserve water that's not bitter. Who are you to deny me my rights? They should have. If they'd, if they'd really had faith on their own, they could have done it themselves. Well, if they were thankful for what God did... That's a joke, by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't say that. That they were thankful that even after he... We don't know. Yeah. Likely, there was a mixture. Right. We, we shouldn't have got this position to begin with. We know that some people out of this group of people were... did go to the promised land. Right, two of them. Two out of two million. Well, yes, their children did. But I don't know if the children were really the ones leading the charge against Moses. Right. And, and I think that's the point. Yeah. When, um, I think it's in Romans 5, it talks about when you're uh, persecuted but not crushed or, you know, it goes through all that stuff. Mm -hmm. when, when we're going through a trial or when they're going through a trial, they're out in the wilderness, mm -hmm. God does not tempt us beyond what we can bear. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a good visual, physical representation of that is that He's not going to push them so far that people are dying. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't the Oregon Trail where you got to shoot Timmy because he got dysentery or whatever. But my point is, is that all of them are going to make it. They're all going to make it, and God gave them an oasis uh -huh. so that they can get refreshed. Right. Like even in this trial that they're going through, this hard trek sure. out in the, in the desert. He doesn't push them beyond what they can bear. He gives them, you know, what they need to sustain. Do you think maybe they didn't recognize God's graciousness? Just like sometimes we, we only complain about when we're bitter or when we're in circumstances we don't like. We don't recognize God's graciousness when He, mm -hmm. when he, when he shows Is He sufficient? Is He enough? I don't have this, you're not enough, and it's your fault I don't have this. Or, if I just had this, then I think you are enough. And there's a logic thing there. Is he sufficient? I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I, think, I think all of us, even in Christ, where we're given new hearts that are inclined to love the law that he's given here, we go back to, you're not sufficient. I want this. I want the, you know, I want, I want my parents' house, a, a cool car, 2.5 kids, and a hot wife. I mean, that's what I want. And because I don't have that, you're not sufficient. And I'm bitter. Right? Um, so, the, what's the solution? Always a good answer in Sunday school. How? What do you do? When you find yourself in a place of discontent and bitterness, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. 
reminding himself of his statutes and his word. To whom? To God. Yeah. Sure. I mean, isn't that really what... I mean, Paul talks about confess your sins one to another. He talks about um, the Word of God is used to teach, reprove, rebuke, admonish, to, to, to combat that bitterness in us. So you can be healed. That's right. You're going to say something. I was going to say that while the state of your heart being bitter is wrong, mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's uh, not wrong to admit that to God. I mean, the uh, Lamentations was written as a lament, oh, yeah. as a complaint to God, right? Saying, "I don't like you know when you know I don't like." This I don't like the fact that our babies are dashed against the rocks. Exactly. That's a bad thing. So why did that happen? I think that um, I keep saying I think. Yeah, I it's think, better than I, I feel. Think, I think. I think. That spiritual disciplines, reading, mm-hmm. praying, meditating, spending time in community, mm-hmm. all the, the different spiritual disciplines. Sure. Um, that's what combats this. And you know, and, and, and God owes you once you do those things too. I mean, once you commit to doing reading every day, prayer every day, He, he owes that to you now, right? To make everything sweet. Right. Remembering what he's done in our life. And when I've been in those points of, of being bitter, I have found it helpful to, to, to sit down sometimes with pen and paper mm. and actually write out all the things I'm thankful for. And usually my hand gets tired mm-hmm. before I can finish yeah. the fact that. You know, Anytime you see Tammy walk around like this, that's usually she's going through one of those periods of. Really bitterness that she's worked through her thankfulness and <laughs> massage it at night, try to soak in hot water. Yeah. Amazing, uh, if we just what are the two things? What, what are the two things in Romans one that the unregenerate do? They they don't acknowledge him as God. Worship the creature that don't acknowledge him as God. Worship the creature rather than creator. And then what's the other thing? They're not thankful. The other second one, stop it. They're not thankful. Those are the two, the two things. Uh, there is no God and I hate Him. You know, those are the two things. I, I'm, I don't... He's not good. He's not God. He's not... He can't even have clean, pristine water everywhere I travel. That's a denial of, of who God is. And I'm not thankful for the three days ago. Yes, sir. I was going to say, um, a lot of times when we find ourselves in tough cir- circumstances, situations, whatever, um, we like to focus on that and try to figure out why it's so bad, and we just end up like just curling in so tight that we just sure. die. Yeah. And but if we get outside of that and focus on God, because that's where truth and hope mm-hmm. and love and all that is, is in God, His characteristic, and we can know Him through this mm-hmm. um, instead of just curling up inside ourselves and yeah. finding nothing. Sure. And uh, uh, what else? 
And if we think this is such a terrible circumstance, mm -hmm. whatever we're going through, mm -hmm. it's just awful. I mean, we're wrong because God's doing that for a reason in your sure. life. So that helps too. When yeah. This emotion I'm having is wrong, and I need to stop thinking that and get back focusing on God. Do you remember the, uh, the, 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 the baptism of Jesus, this great emotional experience of the Father speaking, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Spirit comes down like a dove. Heavens are opened up. I mean, parting of the heavens, like the parting of the sea, is a pretty big deal, and God doing this big thing. And then what does it say? He's immediately driven out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, if he's going to do that with Jesus, be confident, be ready, steal your heart that that will happen with you. And trust him. You had your hand raised, Grant. I was going to Again. reiterate what Ty said and what Tammy said about uh, fighting for joy. Okay. Paul talks about fighting for joy and fighting for the faith. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're saying is that uh, perspective shift. To fight for joy is to remember, mm -hmm. is to um, think about all the things that God has given us and what he's done and who we are in him. And so not focus on all the negatives, not focus that the water's bitter, not focus on our hardship, but focus actually on what we have. Mm -hmm. and, and even focus on what we actually deserve, which is not what we think we deserve. Mm -hmm. We deserve death. Right. And persecution and yeah yeah so every day is gravy it should be yeah and when you when you rest in him yeah good anything else by anybody else is it anybody I'm, oh, I'm just I'm kidding I'm just to give other people an opportunity if you want to to speak and I don't mean I didn't come out but anyway well, I think it's Moses giving them through through. I mean, God gives it to Moses. Moses speaks. The cloud didn't form a mountain. It, it, it was Moses was the intermediary, so he was giving them the law. Is Moses still speaking, or does Aaron speak usually? I think Moses in this instance, because he was the one being griped against. I don't know. It, it we're not given. Somebody to, spoke. In order to, all this stuff, remember all that kind of stuff. But some of you, they were told, um, you know, give your uh, latest commandments, keep statutes. They were told and reminded, hey, you're not perfect. Right. You're bitter. You need healing. God provides everything that you need and has. Right. What, how gracious is that? that right. He didn't go through all the Egyptian filtering systems he had learned in the court of Pharaoh. He didn't turn into MacGyver. Give me a stick of gum. We'll, we'll get this fixed. You don't even know who that is. Never mind. Um, so sad. So sad. Anyway, um, he cried. He cried to the Lord. Okay. Any 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 other comments? Good.
far as our first response. God, I know you're here in this situation. I'm sorry. I went Baptist for a second, and I just thought of a new VBS thing called First, first Responders. And, you, and, and it's just a thing of prayer. Your first response. Uh, anyway, I'll write Lifeway. We'll see what happens. Um, there could be. We could copyright this. Um, all right. Any any other any other comments? Let's. It's only ten after all. All right. I'll pray. Father, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that it is to us. That though our hearts are prone to wander and we feel it, you are faithful and our healer. We pray that your spirit heals us, continues to heal us. Keep us kept where we are faithful to you, reflecting your faithfulness to us. We love Jesus by being obedient to him. And so oftentimes we, we try to just rest in a good feeling toward Jesus without understanding that that involves, it should involve, obedience to all that he's commanded. And these commandments are not burdensome to us. They're life to us. They're healing and health to us. Incline our hearts to repent Incline our hearts to obedience. Incline our hearts to love your law. Because it's through the grace that we've been saved that we are able to love your law. I pray that each of us um, becomes aware and becomes um, committed to the first response of confession and thankfulness. God, don't let us drift into bitterness because of circumstances or because of the results of our own sin. But teach us to flee to the cross, to rest there, to be refreshed there. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for this body of believers. Thank you that you are growing us into maturity and growing us into the grace of Christ. I pray that you continue to do it as only you can do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I'm interested to see what Philip preaches today. I don't know, maybe.